This is Gateway City Sports. When your gal keeps asking, why doesn't he ever swing the bat? They're here for you. Get ready for some double play Q&A. Gene Bonds and Derek King, you're caught in the rundown. Thank you for tuning in to the brand new show on Gateway City Sports. This is The Rundown. I'm Derek King, my co-host, my cohort, my good friend over here, Gene Bonds. This is a brand new show that we've just come up with. Me and Gene have gotten together. We've brainstormed this thing. We know you all are busy out there. We know you've got fast-paced lives. That's what this show is all about. This week in sports, the hot-button topics. Here we go. Gene, take it away. What's your first question? I don't know. Has, has anything happened in the past 24 hours that we can talk about? I, uh, maybe this Nolan Arenado trade to St. Louis. What are who, your thoughts on that, who, Derek? Who? <laughs> Some who? third baseman from Colorado. I, I think the Cardinals got him last night. I, I've never heard of the guy. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, no. <laughs> what are we talking about? The best third baseman in baseball? Absolutely. <laughs> no brainer. The Cardinals have been after him for two years. I mean, come on. If you wasn't going to get it done now, you're never going to get it done. Thank God. They finally pulled the trigger on it. They finally went out and they got that big bat. They've got that number three hitter. They've got that superstar. I'm super excited. Let's just move on to the next thing. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on it, Gene? Uh, absolutely, man. I mean, everybody's stoked about it. This, this is the big, uh, the big chip that they need, or a, still another piece added to the Cardinal lineup that this has been absolutely needed, and they get a, a, another gold glover on the infield. The best third baseman since Scott Rowland, in my opinion. Um, I think I tweeted out earlier this morning, uh, I wanted to start spring training last night. So um, I think I also tweeted out that I won't apologize to Mo because they, they have been kind of lackadaisical, but I will say thank you to Mo A and Mr. De- DeWitt. I'm ready to roll, man. I really am. Well, I cannot agree more. So the next question that we've got on the dais, if you will, uh, we have this little thing comes up usually every year, once a year, right around this time period. It's called the Super Bowl. I don't know if anybody's ever heard about it, but you know, uh, there's some people that are really following that and everything that's going on with that entire situation. You know, obviously we've got the Chiefs against the Buccaneers. You've got the old guard Tom Brady, right, and you've got the new fresh. Young gun, the hot stud, Patrick Mahomes. So what I'm going to ask you now, Gene, picks. Who are you taking in the Super Bowl? What's your point spread? What you got? I'm rolling with my Chiefs kingdom. Um, I I think this is the best offense we've seen since the greatest show on turf. I will not compare it to the greatest show on turf because I think that they're they're still head and shoulders above them. Um, Point spread, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Chiefs by, let's go 14. How about you? That's that's a big spread. You can Chiefs by yeah. fourteen. Wow. Yeah, You're- I'm told never bet against Brady, but I'm betting against Brady for mm-hmm. sure. All right. Well, you know, one thing I've learned is never beat against the goat. Never bet against the goat. <laughs> you know, just don't do it. Okay. Um, 
I learned that back uh, during the Rams' heyday in St. Louis whenever they went up against him the first go-around. Don't bet against him. Bet against him. I will get this out sooner or later. I swear I'm tripping over my own tongue today. This is very unusual. I typically don't do this. I apologize. You're just, you're just, just overly excited I'm for the new so show. I'm just so excited. I'm so wound up about this. So, <laughs> no, my pick, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers, and I'm going to say they're going to win by three points. I don't know if we could be friends anymore. This be, might be our first and last I, show. I know. I know. And you <laughs> want to know? I mean, I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame you. I, You know, I hope I'm wrong. But from my experience of 30-plus years of watching NFL football and watching Tom Brady over the last, you know, two decades and how he plays football, I just – just there's something about the Chiefs. There's something about that team, and it – you know, I hope you're right. I hope they win by 14 points. I hope it's a blowout. I hope that just like, okay, that's it. The Brady era is over. This is the Mahomes era now, and that's the way it goes. But I can't shake that feeling, that sinking feeling that Brady's got another ace up his sleeve. Yeah, he, he's he's got a few of those in his career. Um, if I can, I'm going to go ahead and tweak that. I'll go Chiefs by 10. Well, you're not standing then- by your 14. You're going to go over to 10, huh? Yeah, I, I have to tweak it just a little bit just because the Chiefs defense, it's been kind of hot and cold all year. They've, they've, they've been good in the postseason, so we'll, we'll see if that can, that can continue like it did last year in the postseason. But I'm still um, rolling with Chiefs Kingdom. Okay, well, there's our picks. I'm pick, I'm picking Tampa Bay by three. Gino, he's going Kansas City by ten. Gene, what is the next question on the list? Go. Well, we could go a couple ways with this. The, the trickle-down effect from the Nolan Arenado trade. Um, I guess my main question, we can get to Yachty later on. Um, what the hell are they going to do with uh, Matt Carpenter? I, I guess a lot depends on the DH, which uh, the Players Union and, and MLB are kind of going back and forth. I, I believe that's a negotiating chip. But what are they going to do if there's no DH? Can you set $18.5 million on the bench? I don't think so. And I would not be surprised in the slightest if they are working very, very diligently right now to shop Matt Carpenter and potentially eat some of his salary. Remember, this is not the first player that they've done this with over the last few years. The first one that comes to mind is Mike Leake, if you remember that contract correctly. They ate a lot of his salary to send him over to Seattle. And so that's that's one of those things where I would not be surprised in the slightest if the Cardinals are sitting there going, listen, we're having to sit on Dexter Fowler's contract for another year. You know he's retiring after this contract. This is his retirement contract. He's just writing this thing out. I don't blame him. It's a smart financial business move. With Carpenter, I can see him hanging on for a little bit longer, wanting to play, maybe in the AL. I think that's probably what you shoot for. I don't think that we're looking at the DH uh, over in the NL right now. Do I think it's on the horizon? Absolutely. But that's an excellent question that a lot of people are going to be asking here over the next few weeks. What are you going to do with Matt Carpenter in that lineup, in the defense? Because we all know he can't throw out of a wet paper bag. He just doesn't have the velocity. He doesn't have the arm strength. The reality is they're going to have to find something to do with him. What do you think, Gene? Uh, I also have concerns. A lot of people have, have said uh, put Carpenter at second base and kind of Use matchups with uh, with Edmund over there. I with your 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 concerns about his arm strength at third base. It's even more so with second base, in my opinion. Just the angles of some certain throws that he can make. Can he get a grounder? Yeah. Can he get a pop up? Yeah. But when you go to turn the to- the, the double play and you're you're running up in the middle and have to make that turn in the hole to get it to first base, 
that arm strength just isn't there. So I don't see anywhere where Matt Carpenter has a place on this team other than pinch hitter or a DH or to give Arenado a day off here and there, which he plays 150-something games, 60-something games a year. There won't be many opportunities for Matt Carpenter in St. Louis, in my opinion. Absolutely agree, and that's going to be a big talking uh, subject for the Talking Heads on radio this week and all the other sports podcasters and everybody out there that's going to be talking about it. What are they going to do with Matt Carpenter? You obviously have a hole uh, with Dexter Fowler out there. You can spot him. You can platoon him. Yeah, it's horrible to have to eat that much of a contract, but it is what it is. So I want to move on to my next subject matter, and this is something in the grand overall world of sports that's being talked about a lot in the NFL right now and what's going on. And that there is a belief that J.J. Watt, the pro bowler, the all-pro, the potential future Hall of Famer that's been a Houston Texan and a stalwart with that organization for a very long time, could have played his very last game in a Houston Texans uniform. Now, with that being said, we also know about the situation with Deshaun Watson, their quarterback, and how he's potentially wanting out of Houston too as well. My question to Eugene is this. If J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson are leaving, what team do you potentially see them going to, or do you even potentially see the Houston Texans allowing them to leave regardless? What's your thoughts? Well, my first thought is I, I get I get Deshaun Watson's frustration. It, it, but he signed a contract, and it, I, I understand they also have a say in certain things. But do players really – do they really need the power to, to say who can be their GM and who, who can be their head coach? Uh, I, not really, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, you want, you want people to get along and all that. But I don't know. As far as what teams, if Houston decides to ship them off, both of them, they're going to get draft picks, which they need to replenish that because Bill O'Brien just absolutely tore that organization apart with his decisions. Um, I would deal Deshaun Watson far away from my division as possible. Um, where that would be, I don't know. I, he said Miami. He would go to Miami or New York. New York, they'll, they'll eat him up there. I don't know if he wants to go there. Uh, Miami, yeah, you got the beach and sunshine and all that, and they could be an upcoming team in the a- AFC East. Um just kind of thinking outside the box, I'm thinking, who wants to make a big, big splash? That would be the Jaguars. Now, I know they might be going after uh, Trevor Lawrence, which I would too. But what if, what if they use that number one in a couple of draft picks to get Deshaun Watson? Throw him in there with their running back and a couple of decent rece- receivers that they have now. They'd be making a huge splash. What do you think? That is an absolutely excellent assessment of the situation because that's exactly where I was going to go in my thought process. You know, first thing off the top of my head thinks New York Jets, you know, New York, New York, you know, the Frank Sinatra song. I am no singer. I'm no singer. Actually, I do do a little bit. I used to do. But the fact of the matter is. I disagree. I don't think that they would eat him up in New York. I think it would be the other way around. I think he would eat it up to be in the limelight, to be in the big city, the big apple of New York, to be the face of that franchise, to come in there. And they have the draft room capital to make it happen. They can send a couple of number ones. They could send a a number one, number two. You know, they could do all that. They could package a lot of different things to make that potential move happen between the Jets and the Texans. But the one thing that you brought up is the interesting thing. You look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're looking to make a big splash. They're guaranteed to get Trevor Lawrence if that's who they want. But 
Here's the $64 million question. And the fact is, you never know what you're going to get out of these quarterbacks. Look at Ryan Leaf, right? Great example. Look at Tim Couch. Great example. Look at all of these other quarterbacks that were, quote, unquote, the sure thing. And look at how they ended up. And so, therefore, you have to look at Deshaun Watson and go, he's a sure thing. He's been in this league for several years now. He's a, a proven commodity. You know what you're getting out of this guy. He's a stud quarterback that can lead a team, and he can make those decisions, and he can lead your team to the promised land, and he can have success at that level. You don't know what you're going to get out of Trevor Lawrence. As much as I love him, the build of him, the just everything just screams, you know, Peyton Manning-esque, right? Just the size, the arm strength, the accuracy, everything about it, the hair. I mean, you know, he's he's on Harrison Bader, Bader level hair. I mean, you could just, I know, you, okay, I won't go down that. I know that that, that, there that we go. you. I won't go down that road. I'll stop right there. But yeah, <laughs> one definitely. episode in, and there we go. Well, oh I had, my I, had, I had to turn the knife a little bit. You know, I mean, I, right. us bald guys got to stick together. But <laughs> I can't, I can't, you know, I cannot, and it's bald by choice. No, actually, it's not, not for me anyway. Um, <laughs> but the the fact of the matter is, is that's really what I see happening with this situation with with Texas with the Houston Texans I don't see there being any other possibility the Rams have kind of made some comments the 49ers are now apparently being asked by the Chicago Bears to uh, look into the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing there might be some movement there who really knows but we could go on this for days we ain't and you got, got Matt, Matthew Matthew Stafford's out there too he may Matthew bounce Stafford's he may... out there and and he's potentially on the move someplace else too but yep. uh, we could talk about that that's for the next show Gene, gotcha, gotcha. what is your next question? Uh, it's still the, the Nolan Arenado effect, uh, how, how this is affecting everything. Um, but I, I guess we could shift to Yachty before we go down that road. It looks like that he's going to be back, and who, who wouldn't want him back? He, he's, been a, he's been a badass for the Cardinals for several years. He's most likely going to the Hall of Fame. I guess my, my only thing I need to say about this, I'm glad the Instagram stuff is going to end next week. After the Caribbean series, let's you, just play ball. You let's and just me, go to work and you play and me ball. Both. You and me both. And and here's the thing: I love Yadier Molina. Love love the family. You know, Benji's always been fantastic. You know, everybody's always great. Love them to death. Absolutely. But it does have a tendency to turn people off, and I understand why he uses social media. Uh, as a platform to be able to uh, get his message out to the masses, to get the the fans behind him and things of that nature. I totally get it. I totally understand from a negotiation standpoint, it's brilliant. You have a management team that's behind you. They're telling you to do a lot of these things. Sometimes they're running these things. You know, and so the simple fact of the matter is, it's it, it, there's a big difference between what Yadier Molina does on social media and Carlos Martinez does on social media. I think we can exactly. really ascertain the difference between the two. We don't have to get into the depths of it, but you just look at their Instagrams. You can tell the differences between the two and what what their agenda is and what their point is. And so, therefore, yes, I am excited to have Yachty back. I hope that it's true. You know, they're talking one year. I and, and by all means, it sounds like you know they're bringing Wainwright back one year, Yachty or one year. They're bringing in Arenado. Uh, from what I've been hearing through the grapevine, that's not the only moves that they're planning on making. They're still planning on making more. Now the question is, who, what, when, where, and why, and how? Is that, that was going to be happen? a question. The, the next move, would you think it's in the realm of possibility that they could bring uh, Colton Long back, maybe for a year or two? 
Yes. We, I mean, I, I, can Colorado, see a, I can see a one-year deal. That's what I could see. Right. Um, I don't see there being anything else. I th- really think they want to see what they've got in Tommy Edmond. I really, right. you know, I think they know what they have in Tommy Edmond, but I think that they would like to see what's going on there at second base, potential middle infield type of stuff, maybe even shortstop. I mean, let, let's just really face facts. I think that Paul DeJong is right now, this is his make or break season. And if he I doesn't, agree. if he does not really perform to the level of what I think the or what they think, what the organization thinks that he can perform at, you might be seeing him on the trading block along with a Matt Carpenter or you know, maybe even a Tommy Edmond. You might even see him go on the block too, because the Cardinals need a good, you know, starting pitcher. Yeah, we've got Jack Flaherty, ace, super stud pitcher. One of the best in the league right now. You've got Adam Wainwright, veteran, multi-time all-star, multi-time just everything, right? He's just done it all. He's won World Series and everything. He's he's the toast of the town in St. Louis. But he's that veteran source back into the rotation, maybe come in for some long relief, whatever the case is. But you got to get some more people in there. You cannot count on Carlos Martinez to be what he was or should be. We all know that. He's eating up a ton of salary to the tune of 16 or 17 million, if I'm not mistaken, for this next season. I really see them trying to shop him hard to move him to another potential team to take on that big contract with the minimal amount of return that you're getting from him. That's really where I think the Cardinals need to focus is their rotation and maybe a little bit of pitching depth in your bullpen. But I, that that's where I think they need to go. I agree. There's still some questions with the, with the rotation. You got miles Michaelis coming back um, off of surgery that, that ended his uh, season last season. You just don't know what you're going to get there. It'll be Kim's second season. The book's going to be out on him. So it's hard to tell with that. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think pitching should be their their next priority, a, a starter preferably. We don't know, obviously, about Reyes. What what Reyes are we going to get? Is he going to be healthy? So, yeah. Um, I would also like to see something done with the outfield. That outfield just drives me drives me crazy, whether it's Bader or O'Neal getting dealt. I, we need some kind of upgrade. I don't think uh, the kid, Justin Williams, I don't think he's that guy. I just think we need uh, more stability in the outfield. He, uh, just a, an average at best bat. Don't say Bader. It's just something with a little power, something you walk up to the plate. Okay, this guy may may get us right here. We just need something else, in my opinion. I don't disagree. Um, I, I think that there might be that, you know, in the organization potentially, um, but you're talking a few years out still, even. Right. Um, O'Neill is still, you know, he's another year out. And maybe he ends up being what you think. You know, uh, he just really reminds me of a Randall, Randall Gritchick esque type of player. You know, he's yep. always going to be that C level C, you know, B minus type of guy. He's going to hit for some pop. He's going to hit some power, but he's, he's never going to have a high batting average. Um, he's never going to have a high OBP. You know, it's, he's just going to hit home runs he's always going to be that kind of threat maybe in the five hole sixth hole something like that and have him just that guy that you have to pitch to uh, and yet you can't pitch around necessarily in some situations but you know I think if you're going to add somebody from the outfield I think it's probably going to be through a trade there's nobody that I really would want personally speaking that's affordable that you could bring in now that you've brought in that massive contract Maranato and you're still sitting on Dexter Fowler and Matt Carpenter and Carlos Martinez and Andrew Miller and all those big massive contracts with all of that money, you've got to turn some of that money out. And if you can't turn some of that money out, maybe you need to be dipping your toes into another trade pool possibility to bring yourself in a fourth 
outfielder that's a starting caliber outfielder that could potentially give these guys that are currently out there right now. I don't question Carlson. He's a slam dunk. He's a sure thing. But when you're talking about Bader and O'Neill, I want to make sure that I've got somebody behind him like Elaine Thomas or someone else that might be outside of the organization to come up and start nipping at their heels and give them a little bit of drive to push a little bit harder. Yeah, I'm with you. It would definitely have to come through the trade route. Um, uh, Jack Peterson signed with the Cubs and Eddie Rosario signed with the Indians. So, yeah, it's, it's going to have to come through the trade. And uh, right now at the moment, we're just going to have to pray that uh, somebody steps up. It's, it's They're going to have to. There's no other option right now. Absolutely. So the last thing I want to touch on as we close this show out, you know, there was this little uh, thing that we've talked about uh, here and there over the last, um, you know, I don't know, a couple of years or so. And we've, you know, it's, you know, we've always kind of kicked it around and had conversations <laughs> about it. And so eh, we don't really know what's going to happen with this. But apparently uh, your good buddy, my good buddy, everybody in the state of Missouri and, and definitely St. Louis's good friend and good buddy, uh, Stan Kroenke was in town. I don't know if you heard yeah, about that's this what or I not. Did you, did you hear about this? Uh, well, you know, technically he was, he was not in town. In town. Uh, I don't know if he was over at the Hill or anything like that. Maybe he was getting some Italian. Um, <laughs> you know, I like to frequent the Italian restaurants over there. I'm a big fan of Italian. Love to go over there. Uh, you definitely like to hit up the burger joints, too, you know, around town. Maybe I like to go over to Soulard. You know, I, I enjoy some good bar food every now and again. And, you know, it's always a good time. But it did seem to be like that was the case because it was reported on Wednesday that Stan Kroenke had to sit for deposition on the St. Louis NFL lawsuit and was being questioned by my good friend, the Bulldog, Bob Blitz, who I lovingly refer to as the Bulldog. It's not a derogatory comment or statement. He is an absolute monster. He is a Bulldog. He does not give up. He gets he sinks his teeth into something and he shakes it till it's dead. And that's what I love about Bob Blitz. Uh, he's just, like I said, an absolute Bulldog. And I would have loved... Palmer Alexander III from the In The Zone Network said it best over on his Twitter account. He said, man, would Derek King love to have been a fly on the wall while Bob Blitz was questioning Stan Kroenke, Enos, about the Rams' exodus from St. Louis. And yes, I would have been. I would have. Yep. But I probably <laughs> wouldn't have been able to uh, contain my glee and satisfaction of seeing that um, greasy, mustachioed clown squirm. Um, I would have loved it, but, uh, you know, hey, I'll take the fact that he is sitting on a stand in a courtroom in front of a judge and he has to say nothing but the truth. So help me God. But, you know, knowing Stan Kroenke, he never said anything in the five years he was in St. Louis owning the Rams uh, as principal owner. So therefore, I don't really think that he would necessarily even say anything in a court of law, even if they twisted his arm behind his back and ripped his toupee off. Hey, real quick. Does he not look like a guy that smells like VO5 and Brute and smells like Brute Fabergé? I mean, seriously. That is a very, very interesting question. And I would have <laughs> to agree with that assessment. He does smell or seems to smell of a man with a very, very distinct, like cheap cologne type of thing. I would even go as far as saying Swisher Sweets and Javon Musk. That's what <laughs> I would kind of categorize Stan Kroenke as. Uh, he's a scumball. He's a slime yeah. bag. We all know it. We can't stand him. Hey, Stan Kroenke, 
go to hell. We all hate you over here. We don't care. And you know what? We're going to take you in the NFL for all it's worth. We're going to slam dunk it. So here's really my real question why I lead into that. We talk about this all the time on different shows, but I've got to get this out. Asking you, Gino, the main question. Do you think, two things. Do you think, number one, does this even get out of this discovery phase, out of this deposition phase, and actually goes to court? Or do you think that there's something else that potentially could be settled? And if so, what do you think that that potential settlement might look like? Well, we all have the date circled in October for the court date, but I don't believe it's going to get to that court date. I, I think they're, I think uh, Mr. Blitz is going to make them squirm. He's going to make them sweat. And eventually there's going to be some kind of settlement. Now, this is, this is where my big concern comes in. What kind of settlement will there be? Cash settlement? Will we get an expansion team? Will another team uh, move here? I don't know. But um, I, like I've told you in the past, I have really, really big concerns with a billion plus dollars being put in the city's hands with some kind of settlement. So um, I'm kind of pulling for an expansion or a team relocating here, rebranding, like we've talked about in the past. Um, for me, I, I know you're you're in it more. I I don't really have a good feeling which way or the other this is going to go. That's that's just what I hope. I hope for a team to be here in St. Louis. That, that's where I'm at. Well, Gene, I'll tell you what my opinion is on the particular subject matter. Uh, what I think, you know, everybody out there knows what I think. If you've been paying attention to the Derek King Sports Show, if you've been following some of the things that I've been writing over on GatewayCitySports.com, go and check it out. But uh, here's what I really think is going to end up happening. And this is from my perspective. Okay. You got to look at it from a business standpoint. As a, You have to remove yourself as a fan. You have to stop being a fan in order to understand how these business practices work because when you're a fan a fan a fan a fan what I was getting at was the root word the root word of fan which is fanatic which is the root base word of that is fanatical hence the word fan you have to stop being a fan and look at it from a business angle. Look at it from a business perspective. If you do it that way, then you're going to look at It's going to be a whole new world, and it's going to open up to you, and you're going to be able to make a completely different view of, of what's going on. So here's what I think. I think you've got really two, two scenarios. There's a third possible scenario, but it's highly unlikely. The two real scenarios is the NFL is not going to pay a cent. They haven't paid a cent on, on, on multiple things over the years. They barely paid any money on concussion issues and CTE and everything else. So at the end of the day, they're not going to pay money, especially if you're talking, you know, 800 million. That's, that was a report that I saw here just a few days ago. And matter of fact, I believe I saw it on a report uh, from his deposition hearing on several different news websites. There's this report going around of $800 million, $800 million. Where are you getting this number? Uh, because I'm telling you right now, the NFL and the Rams made out like gangbusters whenever they moved that team out of St. Louis and into a L.A. They made billions 
with a capital B. Okay, they made multiple billions of dollars. We're not just talking about the movement itself. We're not just talking about the Rams going from about a $1 billion team to going to a $3.2, $3.8 billion team overnight. We're not talking about just that. We're talking about the television contracts. We're talking about the amount of money that this has created revenue generating wise for the NFL. They don't have to put a single butt in a seat, period, to make multiple billions of dollars. They're doing that on TV alone. The NFL makes a majority of their revenue stream, 65 plus percent of it is through TV. Okay, so that's why baseball has been in the trouble it's in. Hockey has been in the trouble it's in. That's why the NBA isn't. Same kind of deal as the NFL. They make a majority of their revenue streams off of TV. They do not necessarily make it off of ticket sales because you have to look at the NFL, their revenue sharing. Major League Baseball is not. You know, it's so it depends on your market size. Let's get down to my picks and what I think is going to happen. You have really two viable solutions. Number one, you're going to get an expansion team out of this and or you're going to have a team, i.e. the Jaguars type of situation that could potentially relocate into St. Louis and rebrand. The third outside possibility is the Chargers. They've always kind of been on the radar, but the fact of the matter is I don't necessarily see that happening. You have to have an owner that's willing to do it. And if you don't have an owner that's willing to do it, then it's just a moot point. So really, I think the main thing what they're going after right now is an expansion team. If you look at it business-wise, what's the most plausible uh, situation as far as negotiating-wise? You've got to look at it and say, you know, as much as people crap on the dome, it's not that bad. I mean, the Rams said, hey, if you have $750 million, you know, and you can make it top tier, we'll stay. What if the NFL gave you $800 million to revamp the dome? Isn't that a heck of a lot cheaper than buying a absolutely brand new facility when you've got this old, you know, dome that's sitting there in downtown that's literally wasting away? Wouldn't you rather use that facility? I understand Battle Hawks are coming back, all that good stuff, la di da. But we're talking NFL here. We're not talking XFL. We're talking NFL here. Yeah, these are the big boys. These are the big boys. This is the big dog of the yard. This is what's going to make you the money. Okay. And so. If you look at it from that angle, you got to say, well, wow, that's a heck of a lot cheaper than $1.2, $1.4 billion to build a new stadium, whether that be on the riverfront, whether that be in North St. Louis, whether that be wherever that would end up being in West County, wherever. You know, the fact of the matter remains is you're still having to spend a tremendous amount more money to build a new facility than to just revamp currently what you have that housed an NFL team for 20 years that was perfectly fine. The only reason that the Rams wanted to leave was because they wanted to get into L.A. This had nothing to do about how much money. They weren't making enough money in the St. Louis market, and we were at the bottom of the barrel when it came to revenue streams. That was BS. For over 10 years, the Rams were in the top 15, top 20, if not even the top 10. I remember back from between 1995 until about 2000, 2002, the Rams were the number one, or not number one, but in like the top five, I think, if I remember correctly, top three potentially even of revenue generating teams in the NFL. 
That's tremendous. Yeah, they, they made for a long they made time. They're, they're just making more in L.A. Yeah, that's, that's basically exactly. it. It's the degree. Yeah, but it just comes down to TV money. And the NFL saw right. it. The Rams saw it. They knew they had to have somebody with deep pockets and Stan Kroenke to do it. That's why they did it. So I really, all, on all honesty, if we're talking settlement here, which I don't ever think it sees the light of day of a court, it's just not going to happen. There's just no way. And the NFL isn't going to pay any money. So what everybody says, well, you know, nobody can, you got to get an owner. You got to get an owner. I hear that. Even from some people that I respect, well, you got to get an owner who actually wants to be here. And you actually have to get corporations to give you the money. Well, and all this other. There's you know, one, there's one order that we have talked about that, that that'll come out at a later date. Yes. But there's one order out there for sure that we know there, of. There's, there's a couple. That are out there. Yep. But the fact of the matter is, it just seems like the the talking heads and the people out there, and some of whom I really greatly respect, uh, want to push this narrative of that it's just not going to happen because you just don't have anybody that. Let me tell you something. These guys that that are billionaires, they're ruthless. Their money make that's that's the reason they're billionaires. Okay. It's because yeah, if they, they see, see a smart they see money thing. here. They'll they'll be and here. And that's the whole point. You're talking about a top twenty market that doesn't have an NFL team that has a metro populace of about what 3 million 3.2 million versus something like Jacksonville in the city metro that has like 800 850,000 people in it. Are you kidding well, Derek, me? It's not it, it's not only the size. They know that this is a sports town. They nobody can deny it. No sport, nobody, nobody can deny that this is a sports town. It will be supported. That's true. But once again, Got to remove yourself from the fan aspect because that's fan speak right. is talking about fan support and the fans will come out and all this other stuff. That's great. Great. It'll get you great ticket sales. It'll get it'll get butts and seats. But if the market is not there, if the money within the internal market isn't there, that's where you start running into problems. And so, therefore, that's why I think the best case solution for this lawsuit is to be settled with an expansion team. Multiple other different factors we'll get into at a later date, but that's that's all I've got for this for today's show. Gene, you got anything else? Yeah, I just want to make sure we uh, we get our proper names out there. If you can find us at Gateway City Sports on Twitter, it is Gateway City SPRT. Want to give a shout out to our, our guys Mike on first and his uh, two for three podcast. Obviously, the guys over at Team Arrivals they're they're doing their thing every week. Very proud of them, uh, doing great work, and. Um, that's really all I have. Um, I think we, we did pretty good this week and looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, absolutely. Like Gene said, make sure that you go over to Twitter. You follow us on, on Twitter, Gateway City Sports and Gateway City SPRT over there on Twitter. Same thing over on Facebook. We have two Facebook pages, guys. So just remember, if you want to see Gateway City oriented stuff, breaking news, articles, Gateway City oriented news, you want to go and add the main page. Okay, go and like that page. Make sure you add all of the notifications so that way you know when something comes. Um, But that's where you're going to get all the latest and greatest. Now, the fan page over the private fan page, that's where we have all of our little discussions. We talk sports and we talk fan speak and things like that because that's what we're all about. Sports content created by fans for fans because that's what we do. We create original content, creative content, with our wonderful staff of writers and our wonderful staff of podcasters, vodcasters, so on and so forth. We've got them all. Gene mentioned them. And we are very, very glad that you guys joined us for our inaugural launch of 
The Rundown. This is yours truly, Derek King, and my good friend over here, Gene Bonds. This is us signing out. We will see you guys on the next show. <laughs>